Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Good morning. Merry Christmas. It is good to see you guys today. A lot of cheer going on. Man, it's always a good sign, good feeling. All righty. So ever so often, because I'm not a funny guy, I take life a little too serious. Uh, I get some help from the internet, and they give me they give me some pretty good dad jokes. So I I have a list of of like Christmas dad jokes, and uh, these are like really short and sweet. So uh, I'm going to give you a few today, and uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks also. All right, here we go. What do you call a greedy elf? Elfish. Which of Santa's reindeer has bad manners? Yeah, someone has to guess this one. Say it loud. Rudolph. What is a skunk's favorite Christmas song? Jingle smells, jingle smells, jingle all the way. Uh, What name did Santa give his dog? Santa Paul's. I'm going to skip a few because I found one that I really liked a lot. Uh, All right. This is the last one. Why is Santa so good at karate? Because he got a black belt. (laughs) That's my favorite. I love that one. Because he's got a black belt. We can put anything. Why is Santa so good at at jujitsu? Because he's got a black belt. Right? Funny stuff. All right. Those are... Classic. Those are funny, like clean dad jokes right there. So those are, those are, those are some, some good ones. All righty, let's get into the word today. Uh, love the spirit that we're feeling around here. I love it when we as leaders that have something to do on Sunday mornings don't really collaborate, but then you begin to see a theme kind of begin to take place. And that's kind of what's happened this morning as far as, uh, you know, surrendering to God, God calling us, uh, being willing to do whatever it is that God wants us to do. And so today my message is titled, uh, Will You Say Yes? So we had a, we, we've had an experience in, in our family over the last couple of weeks of a will you say yes moment. Uh, our son, Koa Rhodes, has asked Malia Monado if Mon- <laughs> I better get the name right if it's cool. Maldonado, I know that. I've been saying this for uh, ever since 2009. Don't correct me. Who corrected me in this house? <laughs> this is my house. Oh, you, you Connie. You can, Connie. All right, that's your name. Uh, uh, I'll humble myself to you, Connie. This time only, though. I ain't going to get in the habit of that. Anyway, so two or three weeks ago, that's all in fun and jokes if you guys don't, don't know us around here. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Koa asked uh, Malia if she would marry him. And she said no at first, but then, uh, <laughs> then she felt sorry for him and she said yes, no, no, no. She said yes. And... Uh, So I'm really, 
praying for her family now because they're getting another son, and he's fit to be tied. Please pray for us. We're getting another daughter, and she's fit to be tied. Anyway, we had a really sweet yes moment two or three weeks ago uh, in in our family, and there are certain yeses in life that uh, is just life-altering, right? There are certain yeses in life that makes all the difference in who we are as a person, as a human, in this context of this morning, who we are as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ. And so tomorrow, or today, we're, we're going to be talking about saying yes to when God calls us. And what you see in the Christmas story really is some moments to where you see people just saying yes when it really was not uh, the easiest things to do. In my life, as, as a follower of Jesus, you know, uh, as a minister, I've had many of these moments where God was calling me to do something. And I, you know, I I had a choice to make, either say yes or either say no. And not all these moments has been exciting. Not all these moments has been easy to say yes and to be very transparent with you. Uh, Not every time in my life uh, did I say yes. And the times I didn't say yes, there was... There's always a lack somewhere afterwards, and the times that I did say yes, there was always a blessing and a reward afterwards, not just for myself, but for who and what he was calling me to. Now, this isn't nothing new in our faith, because when you look at the Bible, you look at Scripture, what you come across quite often is God calling people into different things, different moments, And it not being such an easy call. It actually being difficult. You see this throughout the Bible. And you really see it enhanced uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, Like, for instance, Jonah. You know, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. He didn't like those people. Like, he didn't have a reason not to go. He didn't really fear his life. At least the Bible doesn't describe that. He just didn't like these people. Very, very selfish reason not to say yes. And he was a prophet. And just given the type of calling that God had called him to with Nineveh, we have to kind of come, we, we, at least I come to the conclusion that he was a powerful prophet. Because if you study Nineveh, Nineveh was a very, very violent, aggressive community. And not just anybody could go there. But God called Jonah to go to Nineveh, this very unrighteous, very aggressive, very violent community, very pagan community. Uh, And he went there, and in boldness, not in desire, not in comfort, but he went there in obedience. Of course, uh, this obedience was kind of either do or die type thing. He was in the belly of a well. But nonetheless, he went, and revival broke out. And then after revival broke out, he got mad at God. He was like, why are you saving all these people? And he still was upset 
at his calling. It was still hard for him. But nonetheless, he embraced what he was called to do, and God moved. The apostles of the early church, they had it really hard. Just read a little bit in, 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 in Hebrews 11, and it kind of shows what they, were gone, what they went through. They were beheaded. They was put on stakes. Uh, they was uh, crucified. Peter was crucified upside down. Uh, some people don't know this. Uh, John, John uh, the apostle, uh, before he was put on the island of Patmos, Patmos, this was just a stranded island. He was actually put there to die. Uh, they tried to boil him, but it didn't kill him. He had it hard. Pete Paul, uh, at one point in his life, they tried to stone him. And they didn't kill him, but yet they stoned him. These people had it hard. But they still said yes. See, it's really important in our life to say yes when it really matters. When God is calling us to do something, it's really important. Now, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, do, not, I do not believe that uh, yes or no when God calls you is, is not a heaven or hell basis. It doesn't dictate it doesn't determine your eternity belief in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior determines our eternity right but truth be told it can hinder our blessings and if you really want to be honest it could hinder somebody else's eternity see because saying yes could mean saying yes to us speaking a word to somebody a word of salvation a word of encouragement maybe a word that's based off of off, off of the gift of the spirit wisdom of knowledge uh wisdom uh, word of wisdom word of knowledge saying yes could lead to someone being healed saying yes can lead to someone who's down and out and struggling being encouraged being lifted up, being kept on track. Saying yes can mean you being led by God or being sent by God to a specific moment, a specific task, task with a specific job for a specific person that only you can be used by God to reach or make a difference. Saying yes could mean an unknown blessing to yourself. See, saying yes to who and whatever God is calling us to do is extremely important. What we need to realize about callings is some callings is momentarily. Like when you hear the word calling, at least me, when I hear the word calling, I think long term. That's where naturally my brain really goes to. I think of long term. But in all reality, when you really look at calling, calling can be momentarily. In other words... You're just minding your business in Walmart, and God calls you to talk to someone that you come across paths with or aisles with. Maybe they need encouragement. Maybe they need prayer. Maybe they just need some attention. So that's a calling. It's a momentarily calling. God is calling you to do something, to say something, to give somebody something at a moment. I remember me and Koa was in Bakersfield, and we stopped at a gas station to get some snacks. And there was this older man. Uh, he 
looked homeless. Come to find out he was homeless, but God just put him on my heart. I didn't talk with him or anything. I just walked inside the gas station, bought, bought him sandwich, drink, and this and that. And I took it outside to him, and then I gave it to him, and I simply asked, can I pray for you, man? And I prayed for him. You know what? That was just a momentary, terribly, I can't hardly get my words out today. Sorry, Connie. You're not the only one. Your, your, your last name is not the only one. I'm, I'm having a hard time today, period. It was a, it was a, a calling for a moment. And then there's seasonal callings where God is calling you to do something for a specific season. It may not be long term. It may not be years. It just might be the season that you are in or somebody else is in. Or your calling might be long term. My calling for preaching has been long term. I tried to get out of it and God has never let me get out of it. Not anymore, but years ago. It's so important that we begin to recognize when God is calling us to do something, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, and be willing to say yes. Not because it's what we want to do. Not because it makes us feel good. Not because there's any benefit from it, but simply because we're not just a believer in God, but we're a servant of God. See, let me skip a little bit. I I, I do have scriptural text, if you're wondering, but I feel something just, I need to jump ahead here. See, in in my experience in church, modern, modern church ministry is that oftentimes people say yes to certain ministry because it's what they want to do. It's something that they're interested in, something that they're attracted to. It might be a group that they like to work in. And please, there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with you enjoying a certain aspect of, of, of church or life, and then you want to minister in, 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 in that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what we have to realize is that there's another side to callings. That callings is not just about doing something for God in an area that we want to do it in an area that we like, with the people that we enjoy to be with, about a small group that we have interest in. That's good to a degree, but if we're really going to be servants and followers of Christ, we have to realize that the other side of the coin is God sending us and God using us in ways and in places that maybe we have no interest in. That maybe, like Jonah, God might send us to people that we don't even like or send us to a place that we would not choose to be in or put us on a mission or a task that we don't have a clue about and we're so uncomfortable and so inexperienced to do it. 
But we put, we lay our pride aside and we humble ourselves and we put ourselves out there simply because we are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ and he has called us to a specific mission. It's kind of bittersweet, you know, over the last few decades, society has shifted into this uh, career focus based off of what we like, what we enjoy, what we want. Do what you like as long as it doesn't hurt nobody. Do what brings you fulfillment as long as it doesn't hurt nobody. And this is very bittersweet. I mean, one of the greatest joys in life is to work in an area or in a way that you enjoy, that you love, that you can actually say, I don't go to work every day. I go to something I love. That, man, that is wonderful to be able to do that. So there's no issues with that. But it has created somewhat of a mindset when it comes to church and us serving that has leaked into the church in such a way that if God is calling us to do something and we don't really want to do it, then we don't have to do it. And we have to realize That God calls people today just like he called people 2,000 years ago. And if I can be brutally honest with you, our times are not getting any easier. Our conditions are not getting any smoother. The church and those of us who have a label over our head as Christian, whether we like it or not, is not winning any popularity contest. In fact, Jesus said it this way. Jesus said that the world is going to hate you because you love me. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Bear bear with me a second. So if we, as a people, as the body of Christ... If we are in an, 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 an environment where we're unliked or we're unaccepted, then that means the ministry in that environment is going to be that much harder. So if we as the body of Christ, if we are in a hostile environment, And the environment in our society is becoming more and more hostile toward us as a or the church. And so that means more and more we are being called to a hostile environment. And more and more we're going to see retribution. We're going to see offense. We're going to see attacks based on toward us because of our faith and our commitment to God. But if we have the mindset to only do, only serve in a way that we like, only serve in a way that makes us feel good, only serve in a way where we're comfortable, then when the hostility toward the church really ramps up, you're not going to have anybody doing anything for Jesus because no one wants to go inside of an environment that is uncomfortable and doesn't feel good. But if we train our heart and we train our mind 
God, if you're calling me, I'm saying yes. God, if you're calling me, I'm going. God, if you're calling me, I'm doing it. And I'm not basing my calling off what feels good, what makes me feel good, what's comfortable, what's easy, where I'm experienced. But I'm simply basing my calling on serving you. See, when someone is a true servant of Jesus and not a poser, a true servant just simply does what they're asked to do. Nothing else matters. And we feel two roles. And I, I, I preached this message a couple few weeks ago about being a son slash daughter of, of God. And we are sons and we are daughters of God. And we are privy to the blessings of the Father. But we can never forget, just because we're a son or a daughter, doesn't mean we're not servants. Because his only one son was a servant to the extent of crucifixion. And Jesus himself... And the Garden of Gethsemane was so stressed and was so pressed that he began to sweat blood. And as he was sweating blood, he prayed the same prayer three times. Father, let this cup pass from me. Nonetheless, your will be done. Father, let this cup pass from me. Nonetheless, your will be done. Father, Abba God, let this cup pass from me. And what you're really seeing there that the Bible doesn't explain is the roller coaster ride of servant and son. Servant and son. Servant and son. As a son, I don't want to die as a servant. But as a servant, I'm committed to dying because I'm a servant. And oftentimes, that is the battle of flesh and spirit, of son and servant, or daughter and servant. But we cannot ever abandon the fact that we're not only sons and daughters, but we are servants of the Most High God. And as servants, we have to say, not my will, but your will be done in my life. See, I feel like I can really preach this to you. Because this is how I've lived. And I'm not preaching to you a theory. I'm not preaching to you a concept. I'm not preaching to you anything I've read from anybody else. Because you don't hear this from a lot of preachers today. But I'm preaching to you what I've lived for almost 30 years. Of where I woke up every single day and I said, God, not my will, but your will be done. It doesn't matter if I want to preach or if I don't want to preach. I'm going to preach. 
Doesn't matter if I want to pastor or I don't want to pastor. If you called me to pastor, I'm going to pastor. It doesn't matter if I want to go save little kids or don't save little girls. I'm going to put my life on the line and I'm going to go. Not because I want to, not because it feels good, simply because when I said yes to Jesus, I said yes to a servant before I said yes to a son. Now, that, I'm, not, I'm not tooting my horn. Don't clap too loud because it's not about me. Who cares about me? I'm nothing. I just simply said yes. But I say that to say this. You, you're not hearing a message from something I read. I'm preaching this to you because it's something I've lived. I've sacrificed my life for Jesus Christ. Why? I don't even know why. Because I love him. Because he's been good to me. Because he died on the cross for me. Because he's blessed me in ways that I couldn't bless myself. He's blessed my family in ways that I could not bless my family. Because he's God. See, I, I was raised in a way, I was raised very traditional. And the way I was raised, in, and maybe this has helped me, in my servitude with God. So I was raised in a way, if, if the dad, the granddad, or the uncle told you to do something, you didn't have to have a reason to do it. You just did it because they told you to do it. And, 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 and if you ask, why do, I, why do I have to do that? Ooh, you are stepping on thin ice because they might give you an answer or they might just smack you. Or they might give you 10 more things to do on top of the one thing that they just told you to do. Oh, you're asking why I got to pick that wood up? Now I'm going to give you that wood uh, plus these other 10 logs over here. And so I, when there was grace and there was mercy, you know what the comment was? Because I told you to. Now that, you don't go, at least how I was raised, after the I told you so, no, you don't go beyond that. That, 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 that was the edge. And they never said it with a smile on their face. They never said it friendly. They never said it with a pat on the back. Because I told you to, son. No, it was like, it was a look, a little stare. Because I told you to. And you got it loud and clear. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh, that's harsh. That's too rough. You know, I, I turned out halfway okay. I don't know. You know what it's done for me is to be able to say yes, even on a job. When a boss, when I, when I used to work all these side jobs, a boss didn't have to tell me twice to do anything. They said it once and that's it. I did it. I did it with the best of my ability. I did it with all my heart, even though I might have hated it. If I was to work for you today and you told me to do something, guess what I'm going to do? I'm simply going to do it. And I'm going to do it the best of my ability. And I'm not going to grumble. I'm not going to complain. And I might go to my wife afterwards and be like, man, that stinks. God, I had to do this. But you'll never know that. You know why? Because I was trained as a kid. To just say yes. It's funny, you're up, if you're not, 
this can be good and bad. And, I, man, I'm just shooting a shotgun at you today. I, I'm way off my notes. This can be good or bad. Our spirituality or our upbringing as a kid can have massive effects on our relationship with God. If you was never disciplined as a kid, you will have a hard time being disciplined by God. If you're not disciplining your children, but yet you're living a Christian life and you're teaching your kids to obey God or obey the Bible, they're going to have a hard time doing that simply because you're not exercising discipline in your household. I'm not judging no parental ways. That's just the way it is. Ask teachers, ask coaches. Some of the most problem students in school or in sports is from the students that is not disciplined at home. Now that doesn't stop in the school and that doesn't stop at sports. It is also that, also that way in our relationship with God. Some of us have a hard time saying yes to Jesus because we have a hard time saying yes to anybody that tells us what to do. We have this sense of entitlement or what the actual, what the Bible calls the pride of life. In other words, and, it, and it's one of the three sins. You know, all sins is categorized in three, one of three areas. And this is one of the areas, the pride of life. And, it's, and the pride of life is, this is my life and I will do what I want to do. And we have, we have our reasons But when we give our life to God, the Bible teaches us the old passes away and a new person is reformed. Now, we think that in terms of sin, like the curse of sin, the condemnation of sin, the, 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 you know, the issue of not being saved is passed away. But if you really dive into it, it really means every aspect of our life that opposes God's will and God's way should be changed. Not that that changes overnight. There are some changes, and we all know this, requires a process. That's why Peter said yes, and three years later, he's saying, oh, I don't know who this cat is talking about Jesus when he denied him three times. Because Peter was in a process. That's why Paul the apostle says that I don't do the things I should do and I do the things I shouldn't do. But he, because he was in a process. So when we give our life to God, we enter into a process. A process of going from, the Bible calls it glory, to glory of Dying to this man or woman and becoming more like him. And a part of that process is getting to the point in our life when God says, do this. Or when God calls us into something, we don't ask questions. We just say, yes, I will go. And for some of you today, this is... This is the edge of your process. 
Not, not for all of you, for some of you. This is the edge of your process. Up to this point in your life, you haven't processed enough, you haven't developed enough or matured enough to be able to say yes to the things that God is calling you to. You're a believer, you love God, you got your things you're faithful to, you got your areas of victory, you got your areas of change, you got your areas where God is pleased with you, but you also got your areas to where there's challenges and struggles and weaknesses. And this is one of the areas of weakness and struggle is saying yes to a calling. Now, some of you are beyond that point, but you're not saying yes because you become complacent and you become a bit lazy as a Christian and you don't want to go out and do it because you've just got comfortable in your faith. And to you, God is saying, get up, rise up. It's time to stop sleeping. You know better. You have the ability, the maturity, the anointing. You just need to put this old stuff behind you and get on with what I've called you to do. I'm got a word, I got a word, I got a word for, 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 for somebody or some people. You've already been called, you've already been anointed, you've already been gifted. You used to exercise the gift, but you've allowed the gift to lay dormant. And you're not growing, you're not fulfilled, you're not receiving all that God has for you because you've allowed the gifting, the calling, the anointing that you've already been given to lay dormant. And it is dead, and because it's dead, the thing in you that should be giving you life is giving you death because your calling has been allowed to die on the sideline. That's a prophetic. Your callings and your giftings and your anointings doesn't die. The reason we know this, well, number one, it says it, but the reason we know it by experience in Scripture is is, uh, Elisha was given a double portion of Elijah's anointing. Elijah had 16 major miracles. Elisha, when he died, had 31 major miracles. He died. He was put in a tomb. He is wrapped in the the traditional mummy clothes. And then another dead person was put inside his tomb. That dead person fell on Elisha's dead body. What happened to the dead person that fell on Elisha's dead body? He rose back to life. Why? Because the anointing and the calling of God on somebody's life never dies. You have a calling. You have a gifting. You have an anointing. And if it's been dormant, it's you that has to resurrect that thing. I said to myself, this is going to be a short devotion this morning. God always makes me a liar to myself. Just going to paraphrase. I'll read the end of it. So an angel came to Mary. She was freaked out. She's like, what kind of greeting is this? The angel said to her, don't be afraid. He basically told her what she was called to do. She was inquisitive. She wasn't doubtful. She was inquisitive. She asked questions. Uh, John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah, he was doubtful, and he got judged. 
Mary wasn't doubtful. She was just inquisitive. There is a difference. So she asked a couple questions. The angel gave her a quick explanation. And here's the home run hit. Grand slam. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Some versions say, I am the maidservant of the Lord. I like that better, actually. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I, I, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Her attitude has helped me with my attitude. In the past. After she got the full download. That's out of her heart. Her mouth spoke. And I love the, the fact that the, the word here is translated to behold. Like, like it was a declaration. It's not like, well, if you want me to, I'll accept it. Well, if I have to, I'll do it. Really, God? No, it was behold. Her identity changed in a moment, and she fully embraced her identity. Behold, I am the maidservant of the Lord. She said, let it be to me according to your word, but it can also be said, not my will. But your will be done. Not my will. So my, my question to us today. Is are we willing to say yes. When God calls. In spite of how it makes us feel. In spite of the outcome, in spite of the risk, in spite of what family might think. I remember, uh, you know, as I'm going back as a kid, as a teenager, you know, I was pretty wild. Uh, I had two cousins that were like brothers. We we're on the same age, and we did a lot of wild stuff together. Uh, and I remember when I finally said yes to Jesus as an older teen and I went back because I was living, you know, we went from Mississippi to Missouri, but I would always go back to Mississippi and spend time. And I remember, uh, I remember two instances. We was in a, in a car, you know, I, I, I told, I told him, I said, we were talking about certain things and talking about doing certain things. It's like, guys, I can't do this anymore. And they started laughing at me. Started nudging me, poking at me. It's like, no, I, I, I can't do this anymore. This is, I remember as a kid, and this really set a standard for me as an adult. So it doesn't matter if it was a, if I was, would have been a kid or a 30-year-old, because I've also had to say this in other environments in my life. And I remember being very awkward. I remember immediately now I'm on the outside. 
I immediately remember I wasn't looked at the same. I wasn't who I was, who I used to be. And on that same trip, you know, we, again, I was raised hunting, fishing, living off the land. So we, we had like three ponds, small lakes on the family land, and we would go swimming in them. You guys would call it mud baths, but we swam in the mud holes. And I, I remember us playing around, and, and again, I remember one of them coming to me and hitting me up. Seeing that pressure, that pressure, that pressure to want to be a part, to do, trying to get me into something. I just had to stand my ground. Like, nah, man, I wasn't mad. Nah, cuz, I can't do that, bro. It, but it laid a, it laid a, it, what it did for me, again, is it laid a foundation for when I would move away and or even when I would work in the world, you know, there's times I would work in the world and I would get close with, with the guys that I would work with and they would want me to go out and get a little wild with them. And I, like, no, man, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, I, got, I got a hot honey at home I'm going to. There's always going to be these things that you have in your life when you say yes to God. That, that's yes to God. Let's say a calling, salvation, changing a portion of your life. You're always going to have these things that, that opposes that, that comes against that. And you just got to be dog-headed just got to be dog-headed. You got to make a choice in your heart because you know this is what you're to do. It doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. Thank God for grace and mercy. Can I get an amen? Because good Lord knows we make mistakes and we don't stop making them. But the overall life we live we have to take a stand for it. If you say yes to God calling you, there's going to be opposition, whether that be internal or external, whether that be spiritual or whether that be natural. There's going to be times that there will be opposition. And you just, whether you're a fighter or not, got to suit up. You got to be willing to fight through peer pressure. Fight through antagonizing. Fight through people treating you different. You looking different. You sounding different. Fight through not being a part of the the in crew. One of the homeboys. One of the, the party girls or one of the cool guys on the job, or one of the fun ladies on the job, man. When you say, yes, you got to say it with heart. You got to say it with intent. You got to say it with a fight on the inside. 
Amen? The world needs us to say yes. People dying and going to hell because not enough of us is saying yes. People are broken, depressed, down and out because not enough of us is saying yes. People is lost without God because not enough of us is saying yes. It's on us. So I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you today to start saying yes when God calls you. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.